This is Just Football. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Dave and with me as ever are Dan P and Dan S. How are you both doing? Not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. No. All right at the moment. I said, I said to you guys, I had a bit of the old uh, food poisoning last week, but there was not a dodgy lasagna in sight. I'm just saying that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. So we have got a packed agenda today. So we're going to we'll just go through each of the stories and see, just see how we're doing for time. So first off, uh, I guess we'll start with a bit of non-league news that Zaha and Stormzy are taking over Croydon Athletic. And, uh, it's an interesting uh, one, isn't it? It is very, very interesting. And Canty, formerly of Chelsea, uh, he, he's bought a third division team in Belgium called Royal Excelsior. Seems to be a bit more of a trend now, doesn't it, with um, players taking over over clubs? Do you think it's because clubs have got more affordable or football players have got richer? What? <laughs> I'd certainly think it's the latter. Yeah, that's what I believe as well. In terms of Zaha, uh, he's he's a Croydon lad. He he grew up in and around Croydon. And I know he's got an interest in that club. So Zaha, Stormzy, and someone else who has not been named. Okay. Which is uh, quite interesting. And a little bit of uh, trivia info. I played against Croydon Athletic. Yeah, and how did you get on? Uh, We won 2-0. Did you score? I did not. I'm a defender. Oh. <laughs> he's, 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 he's CB, isn't he? So he's a good, okay, good uh, clean sheet there. Clean sheet. It wasn't allowed to go beyond the halfway line. <laughs> um, I had, well, I was a man marker, so it didn't really, didn't really happen uh, going further forward. Yes, it is interesting that both, both those players have bought clubs. It'll be interesting to see what the development is of them and you know, keep an eye on them. Yeah. Do you know what I first thought when I saw this news was initially like football is just becoming a playground for for these celebrities or that because you know obviously we've got the the Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney, but then and then I thought to myself no, but this time around, like I said, with ex players, I think with ex players, especially if it's a local scene, there's a lot more. What's the word? Um, in, in t- pro- integrity is not the right word, but intent. And we know Stormzy sort of does a lot in terms of, uh, sort of community stuff. So I'm wondering with footballers buying into football clubs, is that a better, you know, are we going to see a lot more sort of well-run or well-intentioned uh, run clubs if, if if there's more involvement from ex-players at that level? I suppose you're pretty hitting a point there, Dan, because um, players do care. Whereas perhaps owners, they don't, they're, they're more interested in the money and maybe yeah. the element of success, but it is at a lower level, ex-players do care about their local areas and communities. There's a reputation thing as well. If they go in and ruin the club, it's their, it's their legacy and reputation ruined, right? Whereas a faceless chairman around the other side of the world, they don't care, do they? Oh, sorry, no, it's not that I don't care about running the club, but if their reputation is tarnished, I mean, look at some of the abuse, uh, you know, the boards are getting at certain clubs at the moment, so. It, yeah. it, it's quite, and I don't know if it's more form of football player thing or just fan of football, because if you look what, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKenney 
is, is doing at Wrexham, like I, I find that really enjoyable to watch because they are getting passionate about football. Uh, and obviously some of it's for cameras and stuff like that, but they, you can see that they enjoy football. Whereas you're right, these former players which are taking over clubs, it becomes the success of that football club becomes a hobby and not just a business. Mm. So it, it's, it's, it's good. It's quite enjoyable to watch. I think it's definitely a watch your space because yeah, said to you a couple of times in our WhatsApp chat, uh, you you should both be old enough to remember, I hope. But do you remember back in the day, the chairman was the face of the club, wasn't it? It was often like a business businessman and they were more on sort of interviews than the managers were. Then it's become corporations and organisations. And so you never actually see, it's very rare you see a figurehead, but now it feels like it's kind of going back to clubs getting a figure figurehead again. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think the whole landscape of football has changed, yeah, in a very short space of time. Well, let's move on to another topic. The next topic is a, a player very close to your hearts, and only mine when he plays for England is is Harry Kane. Uh, lots of links and rumours to uh, Bayern Munich. Of him moving to Bayern Munich, uh, thoughts, opinions? Yes, no, maybe. I, I obviously Bayern Munich would be a good move for him personally because I've you know he kind of gets himself trophies. I just can't. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think he's got too many ties to England. Um, I think that Premiership goal scoring record is a, is a big thing for him. I, I just can't see him, and I'll, I'll eat my words if we if next week we're talking about him moving to Germany. Like I, I will retract everything I'm saying now. I just it just doesn't. It's the same with the Real Madrid rumors like a week before. I just don't see it happening. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I would find Bayern Munich an odd move for him when we consider there there has supposedly been PSG and Real Madrid in. Um, I. I still, I think I said last week, I would still maintain I'd love to see him stay, of course. And I think the intention of the signings we're making, I think he would be pivotal in spearheading our, our attempt to try and get back into to the European places. If he was to go, I, I still wouldn't be crutching him. I, th- I think, you know, he's, he's he's done his time, whatever better phrase. But I I just think, Bayern would be it's, it's a funny one it's a funny one like that said he would go and win you know would win trophies but well yeah well we consider the other teams that have supposedly been in for him I just I, it feels like a funny story that one yeah it, it it does feel funny I mean can I just go back to I suppose goal scoring record do you do you think he'll reflect upon that thinking I need to be Alan Shearer because when I talk and think about football I don't think about Alan Shearer as having the you know goal scoring record. I just think of Alan Shearer as winning some titles, trophies, and being an amazing player. But the thing is, Alan, she- Alan Shearer only won one trophy, didn't he? He only won the, the Premier League title I don't with Blackburn, um, even though he's remembered for his days at Newcastle. I think Alan Shearer gets remembered as a great player, um, regardless of the trophies. And I think Kane is kind of in that similar sort of mold, I think. Sure. Also, I think... I also think records are the ones where your name is referenced for years on end, unless they get smashed straight away. Um, so, again, yeah, I'm not saying he wouldn't want to have won 
trophies, but it's it's like now, you know, it, his name is, because he scores so many goals, we see the other players that he's, he's competing against in those records and his name will be potentially discussed and mentioned for the next 10 or 20 years. Yeah. I think that's, that's regardless of the trophies, isn't it? And I think I said this yeah. to Dan yeah. the other day is, if Harry Kane had a career-ending injury tomorrow, he will still be remembered as one of the greats that came out of this country to play this game. And that's without winning any trophies. I do feel like, I feel like he's been at Tottenham too long. If, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Is I just think if he was to go to Germany now and he was to win a trophy and people reflect on his career in 10, 15 years' time and say, Oh yeah, he's a he's a Tottenham legend, but then he added a trophy at the end of his career in in mm. Germany. I just I don't think that trophy would have the same. I don't know. It just it would be. I think it'd be, almost be a bit of a footnote because he's been at Tottenham for too long, and that's now what he's going to be remembered as. Well, well, let's see what happens. There's uh, plenty of time left for him to. I score uh, not well break break the goal scoring record, win a trophy even with Tottenham. It's still possible. It, it is, but when Man City are going for four or five trophies a season, and obviously I say five is a bit of a joke, but when they're going for three, four trophies a season, it's just winning the trophy has now become harder than it ever was. Yep, that's a good point. Okay, moving on to the other side of North London. Uh, so Arsenal have been honoured with the inaugural UEFA Football Award. And this is for outstanding contributions to football on and off the pitch. In this case, is more off the pitch uh, for two reasons. So one is they they run a campaign called No More Red, which is basically to try and combat knife crime in and around London. And this is where they actually wore white shirts instead of the standard or traditional red and white as a special one-off. And these shirts you can't buy, but they are given to individuals within the community who have really helped and support the community. Uh, which is a brilliant initiative. The other reason is they are integrating British Sign Language into their home home game match experience. How, how does that work? Do you, do you know, just out of interest? I Well, I do. So when they conduct the pitch side interviews at the stadium, yeah. they do the standard interview, then I'll have someone from who knows BSL or British yeah. Sign Language uh, alongside who will do the translation. Okay. Um, it's the stage of announcements as well, right? Yeah, stage of announcements. They do it for videos as well, content, media content yeah. uh, on Arsenal.com, which is uh, pretty good. So I believe they are the first club to do it. So hopefully we'll see others uh, do the same thing. Moving on. I'm so just, just, before, just before we move on, I think that's a re- obviously really good what um, Arsenal are doing. And I think there's a lot of clubs out there who do a lot of good in the community. What I just and I wouldn't have known that if unless you had just told me that. Like I wouldn't have picked it up on the news naturally or through things that I read. I just wish that this was more of a presence about the good that football clubs are doing, as opposed to what we read in the news about how bad football fans are being uh, and some of the toxic side of football. I just wish this was more prevalent than some of the bad stuff. I suppose it, you know the supporters doing bad things is it's easy to make headlines. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so we're going to move on. I'm going to hand over to you, Dan, for your Twitter poll results. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it's just this is quite an interesting one. So just after Man City won the treble, 
Um, there was conversations online and like there is, you know, direct comparisons between things that you can never possibly compare. Um, but one of the questions was, what was the biggest achievement in football? Was it Man United's treble? Was it Man City's treble? Or was it Arsenal's invincible season? What are your thoughts on that, guys? What what do you what do you feel is the best achievement? Well, I, I I disagreed and said it's the AX invincible season in ninety four ninety five, but that wasn't an option. So no, yeah, generally how multiple choice works is you have to choose one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does it does feature into my answer though that their their achievement. But uh, Dave, I'll let you handle it first, as as your team were one of the, the options. Yeah, so as an Arsenal fan, and again, this is this will be a reasonably heavy Arsenal heavy uh, episode, but I I didn't get the opportunity to vote. The uh, someone else within this podcast voted on behalf of Just Football, <laughs> <laughs> but I would actually chose Man United yeah. over Arsenal Invincibles. Genuinely, um, I think Arsenal Invincibles is incredible, but if I look back at how Alex Ferguson built that team without the same sort of financial backing the Man City's have had. It's a remarkable achievement. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I kind of... Let's go to Dan first. Dan, what are your views on it? No, I was um, I was just going to say the same. That I think an invincible season is absolutely astounding, right? You can't, you can't get away from that. Um, but I just think that, yeah... United doing that treble that first time. Basically what Dave said, it, you know, building the team up and yeah, sort of winning three different trophies is is just equally as an astonishing feat. I know we've seen it a few times recently, but you've got to be on it in all those games across three different competitions. I, I think it's just it's just I think I think it's there's more of a there's more probably of a pressure there's probably more of a psychological thing for a, an invincible season but then in the sense of once you get close to the end there must be that those nerves creeping in but you could lose a game and it doesn't matter mm. yeah. I, I think that I think that season and correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like that was the first time an English team won the Champions League in quite a while I don't think we'd been that dominant was, in Europe. Yeah. Whereas you, you think where we are now, you know, we've obviously had Man City win it, Chelsea have won it recently, Liverpool have won it a couple of times, Man United have won it in the last sort of 10, 15 years. But that in 99, when Man United won that trouble, it felt like that was the first, the start of us being a bit better, our, our clubs being a bit better in Europe. I think it was, yeah. So I, yeah. sorry, but Dave, so I, I feel like the United trouble was top. Arsenal Invincibles was second, and I think Man City's has just been a little bit tainted by the financial stuff that's, that's happened over the last God knows how long. Would, would yeah. you put so if I was to put Leicester winning the league in in there as well? Would you still say Man United's trouble to top? Yes. Yeah. 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 The, the Leicester win was fantastic, but but again, a team will a team has to obviously win the Premier League, and that season was a bit of a shambles in terms of. You know, all the teams fighting for that Premier League, people teams falling away, and I think Leicester just had the little bit more consistency to to see it through. Um, so I just, I did just want to go back to address my Ajax thing though. The only reason I say their invincible season was because they also won the Champions League that season unbeaten. Okay. So I, th- I, I think that's kind of um, why I, why I was saying that. I think that 
that see that that achievement is also quite impressive because yeah they've they've won then the premier competition in Europe without losing a game. That's fair enough. We we have them included then. So yeah, just there that you go. Inter- just out of interest on a Twitter poll, sixty five. I think it was about sixty five percent agreed with us that Man United's treble was uh, was top, and I think Arsenal's Invincibles came second in that poll as well. So I yeah. think the people of Twitter feel the same way as we do. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's good to know. Uh, so the, the the next thing I want to talk about is Declan Rice. So as of today, which is the 3rd of July, he still hasn't signed for Arsenal. But I think for us, it's probably more what's compelling is the story around it. And perhaps where Manchester City kind of got involved and didn't. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that? So we know... For example, Arsenal put a £90 million bid. I think it was £75 million up front and then £15 million in instalments or add-ons. Then Man City was £80 million up front, £10 million in add-ons. Effectively, both were £90 million. West Ham always said £100 million. So, so I sent that story to you, too, did I, from Enia Luko on TalkSport last week, I think it was, where she said, and then she got quite a lot of stick online, right? She said that she doesn't, or she didn't think City wanted Rice, that Arteta called up Pep, said, can you get your club to go in? And just because Arsenal were going incremental, 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 and Arteta just wants a serious bid from the club. I so say, obviously, she got, I, 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 sorry, she said she did the same thing when she was director of football. I can't remember which club it is. And she obviously got a lot of stick for it, being called a liar, this and that. But then, like you said, that's the only bid City did. Arsenal came in with an improved terms and City just pulled out the race, which feels quite weird, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that whole her getting abuse, if someone like Roy Keane had come out and said that, I don't reckon he would have got as as much abuse. I think maybe from a female voice, it's um, kind of steered it in that direction. I don't, I don't honestly think Man City ever really seriously wanted him. I, I feel like they were in and out within a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it is weird. I mean, I guess the thing I struggle with is why would another club get involved to try and push up the bid unless West Ham are encouraging bids saying Declan wants to go to Man City? Yeah. It, it's all weird. It feels like smoke and mirrors to me. Yeah. I, well, I think the, the, the reason was... That at that point, I think you'd only put in a bid for 80, whereas it was clear West Ham wanted the 100. So I think it's been, it's just been such an ongoing, it's, it's what, four weeks now, isn't it, this transfer? Uh, and it still happens. So I think the the reasoning was, well, if you make another team all of a sudden, because you've been unmatched, it, it, or unrivaled, sorry. So I guess the argument is all of a sudden, if City starts showing an interest, then the Arsenal board will take it a bit more seriously. Um, maybe maybe West Ham instigated it. Maybe they kind of dropped maybe. them out. Maybe. Well, these, these guys aren't uh, matching what we want. Do you want to put in a bid? And then that kind of got the desired result. Possibly. And a lot of it's been played out in the media as well. Yeah. Which I think is pretty unusual. Yeah. I mean, no one knew of Kai Havertz's interest from Arsenal. Yeah. And it kind of happened. With Rice, everyone knows about it. It's been going on for weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The media are kind of in in on the detail, aren't they? Which is, um, I don't know. I hope we're not talking about it this time next week. It feels like I just I, I want the deal to be done now. Yeah, so do I. I want it done. <laughs> yeah, because it, it feels like by the time he signs, it'll be 
no fanfare because it's like I've seen him in an Arsenal shirt on Facebook and Twitter for the yeah. last four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is it gets a bit tiring, I think, after yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to another ex Arsenal player. This is I said it's Arsenal heavy, but it's because it's the news. Cesc Fabregas has retired. Do you know what? I thought he already had. I couldn't. (laughs) I couldn't. What what club did he play for, Dave, when he retired? Uh, Como. I think it's in Italy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Serie B. Yeah. I just. Because he's he's disappeared the last few seasons. And I guess since he left Chelsea, right? So I can't remember where where he went after Chelsea, but I thought he'd already retired. So this was. uh... Yeah. he, He went to Monaco. Oh, did he? Okay. And actually. It, it, this kind of nice little circle back to right at the top where we talked about Zaha and Kante. Yeah. I believe Fabregas owns a part of Como as well. Uh, so he was player owner, takes on the new role of player owner. Yeah. Wow. I, I believe he's going to go into coaching and managing. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on Fabregas? It's, 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 well, I think he's a great player, but it's hard to like someone that's played for both Chelsea and Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but I do kind of like him. You know, when you kind of have that weird like for someone who's always played for opposing clubs, I think he's a great player yeah. and I think he holds himself quite well. Um, so, yeah, so, so I like him. Yeah, and I think, I think for me, it's another one of those um, kind of like older generation players, you know, sort of like... Um, not, I won't say old school, but it's it's yeah one of like more of our generation of players that have come for it. It's it's uh, it's always sad seeing another one drop away. Yeah, we are yeah. getting to that stage now where we've witnessed the <laughs> whole career of a player, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are. So to put it in perspective, Fabregas has won the FA Cup, Premier League, Champions League, has uh, won the European Championships twice, and the World Cup. He's done all right, hasn't he? Done all right, yeah. Um, oh, I think he was an incredible player. Obviously, yeah. I think we probably got the best of him at Arsenal. Yeah. But, yeah. Amazing player. Shame's retired. I think he's 33. Would he, would he be in one of your six, top five six, players six, at Arsenal, Dave? That's, I'd, I'd have to give real consideration. So I've got I've got three already. Yeah. Which is Adamsburg and Pontry. Yeah. Then the other two. Oh, it's up for debate. A, yeah, okay. long list. There we go. So good luck to Fabregas on whatever he chooses to do in his media career. So there is a bit of football action happening uh, with the Euro under-21s. We're now onto the – so we just played the quarterfinals. So I'll give you a rundown of the scores. Israel beat Georgia on penalties. Spain beat Switzerland 2-1. England beat Portugal 1-0. And Ukraine beat France 3-1. Wow. I didn't know that last result. Yeah, so that that was played yesterday evening, which I was really surprised by, to be fair. And England have yet to concede a goal in the whole tournament, so pretty impressive. Uh, the semis take place this Wednesday, so the 5th of July, which will be Israel, England, and Spain, Ukraine. The final will be on Saturday, 8th of July. Uh, have either of you watched it at all? No, I, I must admit, I'm following the results, but not. I haven't watched any of the games. Um, are England favourites or is, are one of the other teams meant to come through and win it? I believe it's England-Spain who are the favourites. It is. Um, yeah, I watched the Portugal match, England-Portugal last night or yesterday afternoon. Portugal battered England in the second half, but England were really resolute. It's yeah. almost your throwback 
to uh, the eighties days, back to the walls sort of football. Yeah. But what you can tell this time around is England have got real sort of technical element to their game, which is uh, really good to see. Yeah. Okay. I think it's it's interesting. What, what what I find interesting about the under twenty one tournaments is is how many of them eventually then do do make it. Because um, there's been a couple of times where you look at even like under twenty one club sides that have won trophies that probably sort of eighty percent of the players just don't then go on for whatever reason. So I think it's it's yeah, it'd be interesting to see in ten years time look back at this side and see what's happened to them. So yeah. if, if we're still yeah. going, then that's what we'll do. There you go. <laughs> the, what's also interesting, Dan, is from the England perspective, they could they could have Bellingham and Saka play. Yeah, that's true. They are yeah. technically under-21 players. So yeah. it is a, it's yeah. quite frightening. That England have got a wider group to call on. There we are. So I guess England are quite lucky at the moment. Well, that never seems to happen. So just thinking about what you just said, and that, that is right, they're both under 21. Is it that they can only play for, for one team at a time? So when they get called up to seniors, that's it, you can't play for under 21s unless you stop. You can play for both. So yeah. Smith Rose currently in the, in the England under 21 squad. He's yeah. played for England as well. So it was a player a few years back. I can't remember it. But yeah, you, you can. It's just you, you would have want them to, I guess. It's just too many... Too many yeah. matches, otherwise. And games burn out. But you would think for like the tournaments, like, you know, finger, maybe it's not fair for the guys that have qualified, but for the tournaments, you kind of think, oh, let's, let's get our best under 21s out there. Possibly. Could be. I mean, I guess how important is the under 21 tournament? Yeah. That's a yeah. discussion for another episode. Maybe. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to the end of season awards. Oh, sorry, what? can I just bring up one funny story I saw this week? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an old story though, but I've never seen it. So do you remember a couple of years ago, the season before last, Adama Traore went from Wolves to Barcelona, didn't he? Did, yeah. They played a tournament or at least a friendly in Australia against a, an A-League best 11. And on the opposing side was a player called Adama Traore. And they both scored. So you had really? a Dama Traore and a Dama Traore score for each side, yeah. One's, the other one was a defender. He scored first, ironically. Wow. Yeah. It's just wow. random thing. I, I came across what I was finding, uh, Googling stuff. And yeah, yeah. It's it's quite odd to have a, a player with a name like that, I guess, because you, you've probably got a Ben Smith fairly common. But yeah, having a, an Adama Traore on each side, yeah. So, I mean, there are quite a few Traores in football. Like, yeah, sure. was it Jimmy? Was there? Yeah, Jimmy. G- Jimmy. Yeah, Troy, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. I so, yeah, very good story, Dan. Thank you. So we're going to move on to the end of season awards. We have different categories. These aren't the stat. They're the normal categories were best player, best best manager, what they kind of are, but, but different. There's a twist. So the categories this time round are most overrated player, most underrated player. Most dramatic managerial exit, because there's been a lot of exits for managers. Best celebration, most memeable moment, most bizarre transfer, and the best player there isn't Holland. Mm. So I'm going to go with my randomizer and choose someone to uh, give their most overrated player first, which is going to be Dan P. Ah, oh, 
And just before we start, I've taken a couple of liberties with a couple of these awards. That's all I'm saying, but we come to it. Um, I'm overrated, already. <laughs> yeah, over, overrated player. Uh, th- this one I found difficult, but I'm, I've picked a player. I don't necessarily think they're always massively praised to the hilt, but I just don't get why the, they do get so, some praise. And for me, it's Martial at United. Yeah. I don't, I, I think, I don't think he gets criticism. I don't think he's like, I'm not saying he's heralded every week as like a brilliant player, mm. but I just, he just hasn't lived up to that potential. And I still see defenders for him. And again, I'm not saying he's a dreadful player. I just don't see what, what the advantage in him is at the moment. He was a lot of money as well. He was. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose the, to clarify, the overrated player is awarded to the player who is consistently praised by pundits and fans, but who doesn't live up to the hype. Yeah, so I took a bit of liberty. But I do see a lot of defend, defense of him on, you know, and still talking about potential, which, like I said, is, is five, six years later, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go next. Now, I've got two in this category, and they are both called Martinez. <laughs> one one is a Lissandro Martinez of Man United. I think he's a thug, not a defender. But the media love him for some reason, but he's, I just don't think he's that good. And the other is Emmy Martinez. I think he thinks he's better than he actually is. And I just, I just don't think he's he's that good either. And I do see, I know Lord Joey's not going to like it, but <laughs> I just don't see, he's not a world-class player. I don't think he's a great keeper be honest I, th- I think he's okay i think he's good but nothing more than that uh, dan what about yourself so i found this one really difficult to do because i don't think i um you know we all we all have personal ones from our own football team so if i was looking at tottenham i'd go hoiberg because i every week commentators go oh, he turns up every week he's solid in midfield blah 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 tottenham haven't been any good since he signed so it's, it's not really much of an achievement but the, the one i've gone for and maybe doesn't quite fit your description of overrated player is Declan Rice. Okay. Just because he's, I just don't think he's worth over £100 million. I think he's a good player, but I think it's an absurd price for him. Um, so, the English tax. Yeah. yeah so yeah. That's, that's what I'm going with, with overrated player. And I know, I know you kind of said it a bit different about who commentators hype on about and never lives up to, to, to that. But I'm going with based on that transfer fee, I just don't think he's worth that much. That's more than fair. And moving on to the most underrated player. Dan, we'll stick with you. Dan oh, so, uh, underrated player, I always think that defenders don't get enough credit or people pl- playing the back line. You've so become I've my favourite person now. <laughs> so, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually gone for Kyle Walker. Now, I know that people think he's good. And people say he's good, but I don't think he gets applauded that he deserves because he's part of that Man City team. Mm. When we did our Premiership All Stars one a few years ago, we uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about Kyle Walker being one of the best right backs and comparing him to like Gary Neville. Yeah, I just don't feel like he gets. I still don't. And we talked about that, but I don't, don't think he gets the hype he deserves because he's current, because he's English, and because he plays for Man City. Do you think that's because yeah, he he's still playing and hasn't yeah. retired? Yeah, that's it. I think we'll probably look back on me in hindsight and go, God, that guy was fast. What what a player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've gone with Kyle Walker. That's a good answer. Uh, Dan? 
this was the one I struggled with the most, this one. So again, I'm probably going to pick one that may not fit exactly your, your category. But I say I'm going to make um, Lord Joey happy now after you've, you've made him unhappy. But I'm kind <laughs> of picking Douglas Louise at, okay. um, at Villa. And whether he's underrated or maybe it's just because at the moment he's, he's, he's played for a Villa who've had their first real good season for a long time. But yeah, I see he's, you know, he's, he's in midfield. He's, I see he scored six. So I think he assisted eight. And I think he's just been a consistently good performer for them. So I think he's one to watch out for this year or next season. Arsenal tried to sign him at the beginning of this last season. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, I think can see why now. So I think, yeah, I think this next season is going to be a huge one for him. I like the answer. I've gone with a Wolverhampton player, which is a Max Kilman, who's also a defender. Okay. Uh, You're so your defenders. <laughs> well, I think even if you look at the Ballon d'Or, yeah, it's yeah. dominated by attackers and attacking defenders. Yeah, yeah. So Max Kilman. Uh, he's very comfortable in possession. He ranks eighth in the Premier League for interceptions and uh, the number of dribblers tackled. And if I can read my notes, because there's a cat in the way now, uh, no player has completed a higher percentage of dribbles than him either. He's completed 85% of his dribbles. So he's, um, okay. yeah. he's pretty, pretty decent. And I think very much under the radar. Okay, most dramatic managerial exit. He might have... An E from here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dan because you're smiling, so I think you've got something good. <laughs> no, 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 I just, I think this is a great one because uh, initially the, the obvious one for me was going to be how Conti left. But then I was looking and I think this one just snuck in at the start of the season. It's actually Hull City. Now, it's not, it doesn't look bizarre on the face of it because they were 20th in the table at the time. So it was after 10, 10 games, but they sacked him eight hours before a game, and that came two weeks after an international break. So I, I just find it such a bizarre sacking that they sacked him a few hours before a match when there'd been a two-week international gap. And so, yeah, even the players, I think, weren't aware of it. So, yeah, I've got Shota of Aladza, yeah, sacked eight hours before a match. So that's pretty impressive. So I'll, I'll go next. So mine is Darren Moore. He just won the promotion with Sheffield Wednesday. Has a dramatic playoff against Peterborough, you know, winning on penalties. And then next you know, he's just gone. He's left. Do, do we know uh, if it was a sacking or did he leave? It, it was, was it mutual consent. That means sacked, doesn't it? That means, that means sacked. Yeah. That means told to leave. I yeah. I read that. I think it was his contract demands. That's what oh. I read. Yeah, Depends just, how outrageous they are, but I feel like he probably deserves a bit of a pay rise after yeah. what he's done this season. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, given the abuse he received at Peterborough. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to, to go and win in that fashion and get promoted and, yeah, just to be sacked, he's just really weird. So yeah, yeah. Darren Moore is my choice. Yeah. Okay, well, I've gone for, I don't, don't know if this is dramatic because I think when I think dramatic, I think of what happened to Conte or what Conte did before he got fired. Um, but I've actually gone for one which I felt was unfair, which was Scott Parker, um, who got who got fired off four games into a season after being promoted. And yeah. out out of those four games, three of them were against Man City, Liverpool and Arsenal. Like it <laughs> it just it just felt a little bit unfair. Like Bournemouth could really only, you know, 
could reasonably accept that only getting zero points for most three games. And they won their the first game. Um, and then to kind of get sacked after that, after, yeah, I thought it was unfair. I think that's a great shout. My, my other consideration was Patrick Vieira at yeah. Palace. Because, yes, see, Roy Hodgson yeah. came in, did a really good job, but his run of fixtures were actually pretty easy. Yeah. Whereas, actually, I think Vieira would have won those same games. Um, yeah. And Tom, Thomas Ducal as well. He His his leaving of Chelsea was a bit weird, wasn't he? And yeah. After yeah. everything yep. he took that club through, felt a bit unfair. And then Graham Potter soon yeah. after. Yeah. All very weird. Excellent. Good stuff. Best celebration. This is where I've really struggled. Yeah. I've taken a bit of a liberty on this one. Well, I've, I've, changed, I've, I've stretched it a little bit as well. I've changed the definition of why it was the celebration of the season for me. Yeah, go on. Well, I picked Jack Grealish scoring for England against yeah, Iran. Good, good shout. Yeah, because he... I think the story was that he met he met a fan in a young young boy who had cerebral palsy and his sister had cerebral palsy, and I think he said if you score, do do this dance, and he, he he did that dance, and so Jack Grealish promised him he would do that if he scored, and the first goal he scored, he did that. So I, yeah, I picked him for doing that. Nice. Yeah, that feels better than the one I had. <laughs> what, what have you got, Dan? Well, I I find it. I find the manufactured celebrations quite difficult. Jack Grealish is a bit different because he's done that for for a really good reason. But when yeah. when a player scores and then does a rehearsed celebration, it's like well, you're not really that passionate about scoring. So I've gone for a goal and a celebration where everyone went ballistic because of what the goal was, and that was Liam Palmer against Peterborough in the 98th minute of injury time for Sheffield Wednesday to, to make it to make it four all. And I think the beauty of that was they were so passionate about scoring that they, they didn't even think about a celebration. They just went absolutely ballistic. And I think that's what I like from a goal celebration when it's completely unplanned and emotion just completely takes over. So that's what I've gone for. Nice. Mine's quite similar, but it's Reese Nelson. So Reese Nelson scored, I think it's a 97th minute winner against Bournemouth. It's a really good goal he scored in the edge of the area. He didn't celebrate. It was almost like he forgot to celebrate. The rest of the team celebrated. <laughs> kind of like he didn't celebrate it, but everyone else did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's quite funny. So if, if you can actually find any of those examples, I think they're all really good. Yeah. Uh, most memeable moment. I'll go first. Mine is Mikel Arteta putting a face at referee, doing the like the rolling ball sort of, yeah, um, yeah. gesture. And that, that's been around. I said on Twitter. We've seen it loads. I think that's the one for me. He's doing this sort of, he's just got his pout, trout pout face yeah, thing yeah. going on. Yeah. So that, that's it for mine. Okay. Do you want to go next, Dan? No, you go first. You go. I've gone for, and I, you know, I don't have a definition of a meme or what exactly exactly we're talking about here, but I've gone for the loot and away, away stand um, thing that went around <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So obviously went, when Luton looked like they were in line to go into the Premiership, there was lots of talks about their away end. Um, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it said something like, I can't believe this potential stadium could be in, yeah. in the Premiership next year. And obviously it started with Luton's away end, where you're kind of walking up the steps over someone's garden and past someone's window and stuff like that. But yeah. then it kind of transformed into a bit of a social media thing where they got yeah. pictures of any random place and said, yeah, oh, I, I, can't like believe it. I can't believe this is going to be a stadium in the Premiership next year. And some of them really made me laugh. So, yeah, I've gone with that. 
I like that one. I've um, I've gone for one that it's hard to believe it was actually the last season. It feels so long ago, but was the Conte and Tuchel handshake? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 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 I did see that everywhere. Just that still image, you know, where Conte looks like. It's like you know, it, it reminds me of the old um, comic books. You, you remember where somebody would have a um, the hand buzzer? I can't remember what they were called. <laughs> it was like it was like that. The, Tuchel had bought a trick hand buzzer and shocked. Um, a shock Conte, but yeah, that that was my one. <laughs> that's, that's funny, isn't it? Because you know, we've, there's been about three different managers involved since seventy two. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It doesn't no, feel four like it, managers involved. Yeah. Doesn't feel like it's this season. Yeah. yeah, very, yeah, very, very strange. Okay, next up is the most bizarre transfer. Let's go, Dan S. So I struggled with this one um, because I didn't think there was many bizarre ones, but I've gone for a bit of a. Um, a TV type one, and that was Ben Foster going to Wrexham, um, okay. coming out of retirement, um, going to play at Wrexham. And I just, obviously, I think that's you know he wouldn't come out of retirement for any sort of club. He's gone there to have a bit of a, the spotlight, which is currently being shone on that club by uh, Ryan Reynolds. It helps um, his podcast as well. Yeah, helps helps his podcast. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he played a bit of a blinder against Bournemouth Wood by saving that penalty. Um, and you know that all went a bit crazy afterwards but he's, he's done that transfer for fame rather than football uh, Dan what about yourself? I went for Sterling to Chelsea I didn't get that I didn't get that <laughs> I didn't <laughs> what? 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 what's so funny just, 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 the way, just the way you were I, just, I no, don't understand why I, I, I didn't get it as in uh, you know, City losing him. Although I know they can afford to lose players, I don't get why. You know, Chelsea, especially at the time, what that you know what they were going through. It, yeah, and and it's proven that it wasn't a great move for him either. So I just, yeah, I, I found Sterling leaving City to go to Chelsea. I found that a bit of a bizarre move. I was, I, I, I think he fell out with City though, didn't he? I don't think it was uh, because you're not good enough type transfer. I, I think he actually fell out with them. Yeah, maybe, but again, Chelsea. Unless no one else came in for him, but I can't, I can't imagine that. But I just didn't get the move to Chelsea because uh, they were already going through because of all the sanctions and stuff. I think they were already going through a bit of a a, a tough time. So yeah, yeah, and it, like I said, and I think it's a shame because I like I think Sterling's a great player, but he's had a terrible season. So yeah, and from me, it's it's a it's another Chelsea transfer, Mudrick. <laughs> we could take your pick with Chelsea transfers <laughs> this season, could we? I think you could. So this is a guy who, before the transfer, so Arsenal were involved. They were interested in signing him. A lot of Madrid's social media content and output was about Arsenal. Arteta's a great coach, or great players, blah, blah, blah. And he signs for Chelsea, he's barely played. I think he, he made his debut and everyone was wowed by like a five-second clip of him running faster than someone else. Yeah. Yeah. and ever since then there's been pretty much nothing I think he's got two assists and that's pretty much it there's other Chelsea signings like Aubameyang was another weird signing as well they made wasn't it Start yeah of season. Uh, maybe we just give the most bizarre transfer to Chelsea yeah yeah <laughs> they, can, they can have that trophy now well, when, you, when you have as many transfers as them there's bound to be one right yeah. oh absolutely <laughs> finally we're going to come on to the best player that uh, isn't Holland. Just looking for for people's reactions. Uh, I, I well, I'll, obviously, I'm a biased Tottenham fan, but 
I can't think past Harry Kane on this one. I'll, and, I thought you were going to go for a charlatan. Well, for best player? No. <laughs> I was just making sure I was reading the right notes then when you said that. Yeah. I just think Harry Kane, I just, I, I would even, this is going to sound really biased, but I would question if Kane and Haaland swapped places and Kane played for City and Haaland played for Tottenham, whether Haaland could do what Harry Kane's done this this year. And I think Kane could probably do what Haaland's done and, and score an absolute hatful. But I think what, what Kane's done this year for a, for a team that's been awful and finishing eighth, ninth, or wherever they finished, to still finish on a number which would normally get him the golden boot pretty much every other year, mm. I think is phenomenal. So, yes, can't see past Harry Kane on this one. You are biased. I am, I am biased. I like to admit <laughs> that, but... Um, well, call me biased as well. Then I, I've done a say. I've gone for Kane, and and, and mainly it's just unbelievable <laughs> for all the reasons Dad said. I think just the club he's at, the season they had, the numbers he's got, and I think it also can't be underestimated. I think what he does do for that club. So I think, especially when he goes, you know, we're not just losing those numbers. I think it's an influence. So yeah, call me biased, but I, th- I think I think I have to say Kane. Fair enough. I'll let you both have that one. So I've got actually chosen two players. One is Martin Erdegaard. I think he's, he's been brilliant. The other is Harry Kane, believe it or not. <laughs> Biased. <laughs> I think to score 30 goals in an underperforming team is quite remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I think Erdegaard got 15 goals and eight assists or something like that. So I think he's been brilliant from a midfield perspective. Kane, I think, has been outstanding. Do, do, do you think Haaland would have scored that many goals for Tottenham this year if they had swapped? Nope. Yeah. I, I couldn't see it at all. I mean, yeah. I know Kane creates a lot, but I think he only got three assists. Which I was yeah, a little so surprised. that's quite low for it. That's because no one else is scoring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this, this is the final. Well, I forgot about this category. The best goal. So, What was the best goal scored? I, I, I can't do so I've gone for just because of what this goal meant and the fact that it was outside of the area and because I may be slightly Tottenham biased, but I've I've gone Toby Alba and I can't can't never say his name, but Toby Alda Vireld yep. for Genk against uh, sorry for Antwerp against Genk uh, in in the final seconds to win them the league. Nice. I've gone for it might not be I can't remember the goal actually, but it might not be the best goal in terms of the goal itself, but I've gone for a dad. I thought you were going to say it earlier. I've gone for the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday fifth goal in that playoff semi final. The fact they were four 0 down, the fact they bought it to four all. They then scored their own goal and they scored. Patterson scored in a hundred and twelfth minute. I just think for me that I just yeah, I don't think you could get much more of a crucial and emotional goal than that. So so I've picked it. Yeah, the fifth goal in that five one victory. Nice. I've gone for, this is going to really irritate Lord Joey, the Martinez own goal against Arsenal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whereas come hey. off, off, off the crossbar, onto his head and gone in. I, like no, remember, I, I picked Douglas Louise for a good one, all right? Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've actually got another one. And this is, this is a lot more recent. This is Saka versus Macedonia, his second goal. Okay, okay. Where... Trent Alexander-Arnold played a 50-yard pass to him to Saka and Saka's volley, smashing a volley from 25 yards out. Yes, nice, nice. It was yeah, a really good finish and uh, it was also his first hat-trick as well. Career hat-trick, in fact. 
because I think we've made some great choices. We'll uh, we'll share those out a bit later on. It's funny how none of us went for this. Oh, apart from Harry Kane, yeah, we haven't duplicated any answers in there. It's actually really nice to see. Yeah, uh, no, I imagine you're surprised I went with Kane as well. Yeah. No, you can't. No matter who no. you are, you can't, you can't <laughs> ignore the world class players. Moving on, moving on swiftly, <laughs> moving on swiftly. Hey, so let's move on to the quiz. Now, traditionally in our previous episodes, we've done a penalty style shootout where you'll each get five questions. This is going to be different. So I'm going to get you really thinking about your answers. It's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult. And I really genuinely hope you know your Tottenham players. So what we're going to what you're going to do, I'm just going to, I'm the host. So we're going to play a Tottenham player alphabet game. So what we're going to do is we can go through the alphabet and yeah. you're going to list the surnames of the players in alphabetical order. You get each get one turn. So for example, letter A, Alderweireld. Or That's an example. There's plenty of A's. If you get to Z, we'll do a playoff, sudden death. There are three letters we can skip. They are I, Q, and U. So don't worry, I've got a note of those. I, Q, and U. There are lots of players. So we're going to start with A, just go through the alphabet. You'll each get a turn. Whoever fails to answer or doesn't have the answer, they'll lose. Simple as that. Sorry, this is past and present, right? Yep. So okay. any Tottenham player that's played for Tottenham in the history of Tottenham, for Tottenham, ever okay. Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> so my randomizer is going to choose who's going to go first. Hope it's Dan. <laughs> it might be Dan. Well, it will be a Dan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Dan P. See, did I use the one you said? Because that was the one I was going to do. Um, no, yeah. okay. No, no, no. Um, right. Just because I got the sticker book collection the other day and I, I specifically looked at Spurs, Clive Allen. Oh, that's the one I had written down. <laughs> it's um, funny how we've gone for one from so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, do I say an A? Yes. No. Oh, oh, I thought it was A, B, C, D. It's, oh, it's not. No, no. You oh, get, you get thought... an age. Oh, okay. Uh, Dean Austin. Dean Austin. Very good. You could have had our dealers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, B's. Uh, Gareth Bale. Bale. <laughs> <laughs> Loving the reaction. Hands yeah. in the face. This is a memeable moment. There must be another B, mustn't there? There's, I'll tell you what, there's hundreds. I think there's over a hundred. Thing is, you know when you get in, like I've had, obviously had Gareth Bale stuck in my head and I can't move past <laughs> it. It's really, really frustrating. Oh, um, Espen Bardston, who was goalkeeper. Espen Bardston, yeah, played for Norway. Oh, that did it, you? <laughs> <laughs> so you could have had David Bentley. Dimitar Berbatov. Yeah. Oh, yes. Obvious when you say it. Eve Basuma, current player. Yeah. Onto the C's. Right, this one, his first and last name starts with a C, so does that win it for me? Or do I skip <laughs> and go? Right, Colin Calderwood. 
Very good. Yeah. I've gone for Kirikis. He's very good. Does he? He's left now, isn't he? Yeah, he was part of the Bale Seven um, that came in after Bale left. Nice. D's. We're on D's. Uh, ben Davis. Ben Davis, very good. Well, I've gone Steph- Stefan Dalmat. 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 Yeah, he was on loan. He, he came on loan to Tottenham for not for very long, but he's he definitely. Um, is a French midfielder, wasn't he? Yep. E. This might be a little trickier. No, no there's only one for me um, that I know of. Christian Eriksen. Nice. Oh, I, I, the... I was struggling for these. I can't believe I couldn't think of him, but I've gone with Marcus Edwards. Great answer. Yeah. You could also have uh, Emerson Royale. Emerson is on the back. Justin oh. Edder- Oh, okay. Yeah. Edinburgh. Yeah. Matthew Etherington. Yeah. F. Uh, Dan's actually, I think I couldn't see one, but Dan, you, you've actually gave me the answer to this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about sensible soccer in WhatsApp. So I'm going to say Rule Fox. Les Ferdinand. Nice. Moving on to G's. There's only one, Paul Gascoigne. It's, it's weird how I'm not thinking of these obvious ones. Like it didn't even <laughs> it didn't even come into my mind. But I've gone from Hossam Ghali. Ghali, wow! So you you not you don't think about Jadonla, for example. Uh, one of my favorite. I'd put him in my top five players of all time. So it's weird I didn't even think of him. Yeah. Number six is William Gallas. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of him. H. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, H. Joe Hart. Hart, oh, nice. Um, I had two. I had a Hoddle and Huddlestone. So I was. Um, yeah, so I was. Uh, I thought Dan was going to go Hoddle with all these classic ones he's coming out with, but uh, obviously not. Nice. So we're going to skip the eyes, but the only eye I know of was Stefan Everson. Yeah. yeah. So we go to Jace. Oh, No, he's not Matt. Oh, I know who you're thinking of. Hey, Janssen. Janssen, yep. He, he's not Matt, though, is he? <laughs> Vincent, I'll, I'll Vincent, 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 Vincent. Yeah, Vincent Janssen, uh, Dutch forward. Now, I think his name was Jackson, Johnny Jackson. It sounds made up to me, come on. Johnny Jackson... There isn't a Johnny Jackson. You sure? Yes. Is there a Ronnie Jackson? I, I, don't question the ref here. Don't question the ref. No, no, you no. Say Johnny the ref. Jackson. Huh? Johnny Jackson. There was a Jackson. I thought his name was Johnny, but maybe it's it's something. No, it's Johnny. It's Johnny. It's Johnny. Yeah. See, thanks, Dan. I take take that back. You Sorry. could have had uh, Jermaine Jenis. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought of him. Okay. Hey, Clinton. It's been great, yeah. Oh, no. I don't think, um, I don't think I'm going to get one. Dan, can you think of another one? 
Not that I want it, I just didn't cheat. Do, do, do yes, you know one? Yes, of course, one? yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's an obvious one. There's an obvious one? Yes. Yeah, there is. Well, there's a few. I've got a list in front of me, so it's easy. I've only got, I've only got one, but it's. Uh, I don't want to say Jane, more. Harry Kane. Oh no, that wasn't even the one I was, <laughs> I was saying. That's <laughs> what I was thinking of. I was thinking of Kulisevsky. <laughs> How funny! How did that came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell. <laughs> um, Longley. Yeah, good. Lineker. Nice. M. Mabbott. Uh, Mel Bronk. Steed Mel Bronk. Steed Mel Bronk, yes. N. Uh, Ndombele. Very good. Oh, my word. Surely there's an obvious N. I can't think of any other ones at the moment. Oh no, I'm going to lose. That's so, it, I can yeah. think of another one. I know that's not helping you, but that's fine. How many is Davis? There a lot in this list. Think in the sake of time, I think you've got to call it, Riff. It's about 18. I think you've got to call it, Riff. Uh, I, 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 I can't <laughs> think of one on the spot. I'll give you five seconds. Time's up. This, this moment means so much to me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so so Dan Key, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, but yeah, I'm just so happy. Who's it? another? Oh, Nevercott. Get Stuart Nevercott, get Ryan Stuart Nelson, Nevercott. Clinton and G, uh, Jules in, in Kudu. No, yeah, I don't remember. I wouldn't have thought of him. Naeem from the halfway line. Naeem. <laughs> I like that. I like that game. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Uh, I thought it was really difficult. I was going well, through the Arsenal once. And that well, was well obvious. Done, but... Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. There you go. So you're off the mark, Dan. Well done. Yes. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to wrap up. Um, Dan, is there anything you want to say? Any, anything for the closing notes? Uh, I just want to say thank you for making some of our tweets part of your new limit each week. <laughs> Yeah, did, I don't know. Has anyone seen that weight limit come happen yet? I haven't seen it on my Twitter. Maybe I just haven't so, looked. Didn't so look at Saturday, Saturday, but I don't know if it's because they were implementing it then. But mine was a complete nightmare. But yesterday was fine for me. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've not seen any any issues. No, um, nothing extra for me. Cool. So I guess thank you to everyone for listening. If you want to be part of the show, please let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter or email. Yeah, all the, all the details are in the uh, part of the end or closing music. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Marek again for last week. Uh, hopefully we'll have him on again sometime in the future. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to Just Football. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitter at Just Football Pod or contact us through email on justfootballpod at gmail.com. We'll be back next time with more football talk. Until then, 
Keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.